0: From St. Louis Public Radio. This is St. Louis on the Air. I'm Elaine Chong. For many years, skilled labor trades have faced work shortage. In 2014, a program out of the nonprofit arm of the American Federation of Labor and Congress of Industrial Organizations, the AFL-CIO, began its Building Union Diversity Program in Missouri to address that workforce shortage and to do so by creating a training-to-job program to increase the number of women and minorities filling the ranks. Here to talk about that program we have Aurora Beeler, Program Director and Graduate of the Building Union Diversity Program, <laughs> and Jake Hummel, President of Missouri AFL-CIO, which, again, is the American Federation of Labor and Congress of Industrial Industrial Organizations. It's a mouthful. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> Welcome to the program, both of you.
1: Thank you. Thanks.
0: Aurora, when someone calls your office, how do you describe the Building Union Diversity Program. Uh,
2: <clears throat> well, the first thing I do is I I say it's a it's a it's a six week pre apprenticeship program, um, and the whole point of it is to get an understanding and an idea of what the building trades are, but also how would you know you know you would be a good uh, low voltage electrician or. Uh, uh, you know, you'd be interested in terrazzo floor or an ironworker, or a cement mason if you didn't even know what those jobs are, what those trades are. Uh, So the whole point of it and how I describe it is, it's an introduction where you're getting both, uh, you know, training in like OSHA 10 and TPR first aid and a lot of the things that you should know before you get into the construction industry, but also hands-on experience at the building trades, uh, at their apprenticeship schools, that way you can have a better idea of what you'd be interested in what would be a good fit. Mm -hmm. And Jake, we
0: noted in our introduction that Building Union Diversity, that it started with its very first cohort sort of exploring what Aurora has described in 2014. So that means that planning for it and recognizing the need for such an initiative came earlier than that what's the backstory on building union diversity's conception sure
1: well uh as you said and start in 2014 it was actually started by the st louis building construction trades council which is a branch of the afl cio nationally um, and here in the state of missouri um, they saw a need uh, to to start um, making sure that our ranks looked like the communities we work in um, we, had, we have recognized that uh, organized labor has not always been welcoming, uh, specifically the, the building trades uh, to people of color, or women, um, and they saw a need to change that. They recognized that themselves and, and they came up with this program.
0: So to the point that you're making about the, the community that they're in, that they work in, what does minorities mean? In the context of skilled trades, particularly in Missouri.
1: Well, I, I think that what you would see nationally is that those numbers are rising um, fairly rapidly. Um, if you look at the, the leader of the, the labor movement in this country, Liz Shuler, and Secretary Treasurer Fred Redman, a white woman, African American um, man, uh, running the labor movement. Uh, the movement has changed. Um, we are we we recognize. Uh, things that we need to do to change. Um, and this is just one of those programs. Uh, the construction industry has, has come leaps and bounds. And, and we are very happy that this uh, program has been a part of that. Mm-hmm.
0: Aurora, in any training or education program, supportive services can make or break participant success. How do Building Union Diversity supportive services set people up to actually complete the program?
2: Um, Well, I'd say by connecting people with people who are already in the field who have similar stories and backgrounds to them. Uh, One of the things, so I actually didn't graduate from the program, and the reason why I'm so passionate about this uh, program is because I would have loved and needed this uh, because when I first joined the Ironworkers, I felt incredibly alone. I didn't know anyone. I didn't have any family in the trades and so the beauty of this program is not only are they connecting with people who are already in the field but also with themselves you know they're they're creating their own network as soon as they start the program and the supportive services that we offer are you know we work with a lot of community organizations to help alleviate any of the issues that they might have so transportation Um, You know, there's also, you know, we work with United Way. We work with a lot of different community organizations to help alleviate some of the previous things that might have held someone back from getting into these life-changing careers.
0: And I think what you've mentioned as far as um, what you would have benefited from and really enjoyed, insofar as a community is concerned, that it is not merely about the work that you are learning to do, but whom you're doing it with and, and whom you can rely on. You've been running the Building Union Diversity Program, Aurora, for a year, and have seen four cohorts graduate. What has stood out to you about folks who participate in the program?
2: That they are searching to do, uh, they're searching for a career that they can do with passion, with their hands, they're tactile people, but also having a, having a career where they know that they will make a living wage, that they can take care of their families, that they'll have health insurance, that they'll have retirement, that their working conditions will, will be what they deserve. And uh, one of the best parts about it is is when one of my students finally, you know, they get picked up or they start working, and they're like, "I didn't, I had an idea, but I love it. The day just flies by. And it's so awesome to see people that didn't think that they had a chance at making, you know, a, an excellent wage, then turn around and, and do it. -hmm. So different
0: levels of fulfillment are coming about. You you yourself, you have uh, what is maybe just for now um, an unconventional story. You are an iron worker. um, And something in your personal toolbox is a fine arts degree. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: How did you personally find your way to building union diversity?
2: Oh, to, to getting into the ironworkers and yes. getting into the... So um, I, um, I've i always loved sculpture and I had started taking welding classes because I wanted to learn how to build sculptures. And uh, I'm originally from Joliet, Illinois. And one of uh, I had a friend whose dad was an ironworker and saw some of my welding coupons and was like, hey, you should join the ironworkers. And I was like, I don't know what that is. But I knew that all three kids, all three of his kids had braces. You know, they had a deep freezer. They lived in, like, a, you know, both, are, both of his parents had cars. And so I'm like, okay, well, if he can take care of his family doing this, mm. I bet I could if I ever needed to. And so I went to SIUE. I got a bachelor's in fine art and sculpture. And I always kind of thought, like, okay, if this doesn't work out, then I can always join the ironworkers and immediately after graduation, I started working for ISAS, uh, doing archeological work uh, on the Stan Musial Bridge on and the Illinois Uh what is side. ISAS? Uh, Illinois, um, Illinois Survey, Illinois Archaeological Survey. Okay. And, um, I realized I could finally, I didn't have any confidence in myself that I could actually make it out in the field. But after doing archeology span in the hot sun, digging holes every single day, having blisters on my hands, I realized, okay, maybe I am tough enough to get into the construction industry. And so I called the iron workers and I did their pre-apprenticeship program. I passed their initial test. I did my interview and I started working and it was Absolutely, completely. I had no idea what I was getting into. I mean, even just culturally, there's lots of subtle things that are part of the construction industry that no one can really teach you unless either someone that's lived through it has been through it, that they can be like, hey, you know, uh, these, this is. Everyone's going to say that these things are wicker bills. This is what they actually are, you know. Or don't put your hard hat on the table. Or you know, just like subtle things that are part of this industry that if you goof them, they're like. Definitely social faux pas, right? But, uh... That I, that's a reason why the Bud program is is to me I would have loved to have it because not only is it me helping people but also a lot of our mentors and anyone that's involved with the program has been there and that's what's great about all of our programs uh, with the Missouri Works initiative is that all of our programs whether it be here Springfield Kansas City we're we're all from the trades mm-hmm. and, and and that Missouri Works program
0: is that nonprofit arm of AFL-CIO.
1: Right. Missouri Works Initiative is our uh, nonprofit workforce development arm of the AFL-CIO. Jake, what
0: parts of the story that Aurora has just shared strike you as in real life demonstrations or examples of what is working with this BUD program?
1: Well, you know, certainly I can relate. To this, from the opposite end of the spectrum, uh, my father was a uh, worked at Anheuser-Busch. My grandfather was a union carpenter. Uh, my other grandfather worked at LaClede Gas. I knew how to get into the trades. I knew which trades would be interesting to me. I'm an electrician by trade, um, and so I didn't have those those particular. Um, pitfalls uh, to get in. I mean, it still took me a long time to get in. They're difficult to to get into. Um, You know, most of our trades make in in excess of $100,000 a year in wages and benefits, Cadillac health insurance and pensions, things that most people don't have the ability to get now. Um, And so um, I think that navigating all of the different avenues to get into the trades is extraordinarily difficult if you don't have that background. Some mm-hmm. trades are letter of intent. You have to go find a contractor to get hired first before you are then led into the apprenticeship program. Mm-hmm. Others go through a joint apprenticeship and training board through an application process. There's many, many different avenues for each trade to get into, and navigating them is extraordinarily difficult. And when people say, you should go into the construction industry. Um, I will tell you <laughs> that it's it, it, if you had to just try just from looking it up it it would be overwhelming Mm -hmm. and so what aurora does so well is help guide each of the students um, as they're going through these uh, to these apprenticeship programs those students are seeing what they have a particular aptitude for and what they like but while they're there the apprenticeship directors are getting a good overview of who has a particular aptitude for that trade. Mm-hmm. And what happens a lot of times is they'll go to that person and say, hey, when you're done with this class, we think you should apply for the painters, or we think you should apply for the carpenters, or or and and that's how we found people have been extraordinarily successful. Mm-hmm. Because we don't have a lack of people applying for our programs. What we have a lack of is finding the right fit for the people that are applying for our programs. Mm-hmm.
0: Is there anything in what Aurora shared, anything else, that highlights some opportunities for improvement?
1: Well, I think that uh, Aurora is the best judge of what needs to be improved. I I think that she's come the most recently out of the trade. I haven't worked in the trade since 2014. Um, uh, but uh, And so she knows firsthand the struggles that have happened on the job, Um, being a woman, um, it's a it's a rough and tumble career out there. It's cold, it's hot. Um, <laughs> you know the the bathrooms are not always welcoming. Your body when you can hurts. find them. That's <laughs> right. And <laughs> this and is true.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, you know you have to. It's it's a rewarding career, uh, but uh, it's not for everyone. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. And it, Aurora, you know, there's all this news around an analysis of the the shortage of skilled labor, not only in St. Louis but around the country. What does that shortage look like from the perspective of a worker on the job, Jake, as you've just mentioned, like as someone who is not just any worker, but a a woman in a a male-dominated field?
2: Yeah, I think the shortage comes from maybe not quite recognizing the amount of people that could and should be applying for you know, these apprenticeships. So one of the things when we, uh, you know, when I ask people and they don't think that they would be cut out for construction is, you know, do you think that, uh, you know, do you have any experience working with your hands? You know, and a lot of people think, oh, well, I've never really done any carpentry or electrician. You know, I've never really done that kind of work. But to me, it's like, well, have you ever done hair? You know, or, you know, have you ever, you know, done any crafting or have you ever had to, uh you know if if you're nervous about picking something up if you don't think that you can pick something up like you know uh if you're like sometimes like uh, a lot of women are like well I don't know if I'm strong enough and I ask well do you think that you could pick up your 2 year old who's having a fit the back of schnooks and book it out to the parking lot and everyone says, oh, yeah, probably. Well, you probably can pick up 50 pounds then, you know? And so sometimes it's about perspective, but also too, I think that there's really a a lack of understanding of the amount of opportunities and how there are so many different types of trades and so many different types of things that need to be done in order for, you know, in order to build America. And if people don't know that these things exist, then how would they know that they'd be a good fit? And one thing that I always ask is, you know, if just because, you know, you, like sometimes people hold themselves back of what they can and can't do. Mm -hmm. And sometimes other people might hold you back. But the whole point of this is to see how you can do something. And when you're able to do a job where you can drive past every day and say, I worked on that, that gives you a sense of pride and 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 confidence and the one thing that i think could be improved is just more people being aware of this opportunity
0: and that range of options the opportunity is something that uh, a caller has just contacted us about jerry says that his friend went from being a welder to being an artist, so it's a little bit in in an opposite direction from the one that you took, Aurora. And he started as a welder in the nineteen seventies, but it was harder and harder to get good work as time went on, outside of construction. Um, and he said, you know, you just never know where life will take you. And Jerry's comment sort of is reminding of me of what I was thinking, uh, Jake, as you were describing. The barriers that exist to getting into the trades um, in terms of the way that this this program but has been put together um, how is it responsive to the way that trades work has changed over time
1: well and certainly i think that uh you know it's always i think there's a Chicken or the egg uh, analogy that that springs to mind. You know, does the job site change before the people on the job change? Um, and I can tell you that you know we have a great partnership with uh, our general contractors, the associate general contractors here in St. Louis, and they work with us on this program. Um, and they um, they take uh, note of some of the challenges and then and, and that are out there and and try to address them. Um, you know. As the work becomes more diversified, um, as there's more diversity requirements in in so many uh, taxpayer funded um, construction projects out there, um, the trades luckily got ahead of this um, and knew that this was going to be a thing and an issue and and so you know, I think that from our standpoint, we're happy to be doing what we can, but when it comes to the when it comes to the construction work, um, it's it's a difficult transition for a lot of these folks. We 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 are representing traditionally. We are helping traditionally underrepresented people get into the construction industry, and all of our follow up service, services wrap uh, services that we provide uh, they cost money, and um, and some of those barriers that are out there are not necessarily barriers in the industry. child care it's the same you know the same barriers that exist for other people's child care it's uh, having to do a background check we we work with a lot of justice involved individuals they they have been some of our best students Um, the trades don't have a background check Um, you may have job site specific places that you can't go um, but uh, but we're going to give you another chance Um, and this is the industry for that so you know, some of our biggest challenges are, are just helping to provide all of those additional resources that maybe our funding doesn't quite cover.
0: Jay Kummel is president of Missouri AFL-CIO, whose nonprofit Missouri Works Initiative runs the Building Union Diversity Program. Aurora Bueller is the program director of Building Union Diversity and an ironworker. Thank you both so much for being on today's Thanks show.
2: Thank you so much. This episode was produced by Danny Wisentowski.
1: Audio engineering and podcast design by Aaron Doerr. Our production intern is Avery Rogers. Our executive producer is Alex Hoyer. St. Louis on the Air is a production of St. Louis Public Radio. Understanding starts here.
2: Our podcast proudly supports St. Louis artists by using music from Life Creative Group.